Welcome to What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer. I'm your host, Matt Apodaca, and today we're taking a break from Weezer's main discography to discuss the third and final entry in Rivers Cuomo's Alone series, Alone 3, The Pinkerton Years, 1994 to 1997. Released on December 12, 2011, this album was paired with the online order-only book, The Pinkerton Diaries, which offered an inside look to Rivers' mind when he was writing Pinkerton. To discuss the album, it's just me again, baby, I'm all alone. Uh, yeah, so this is one of those episodes where it's just me, so if you like that, I'm sorry, and if you don't like it, hey, I'm not sorry. This is my show, so I, I do what I want in here. Uh, thank you for your support if you are listening, uh, even if it's not your favorite. Um, so I, for this one, I mean, look, I know I teased this on the last one, uh, on the last one with Tony Thaxton, and the, this show is, get it's getting close to the end here, okay? Uh, and I know that that is uh, hard to hear for some people. Some people are very nice about liking the show. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I um, I don't know. I know that at this iteration, in the, at uh, this time, my only plan is to f- is to finish it off uh, with oh boy, with the Black Album. Uh, and then from there, uh, I I do see a break. A, 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 you know, a break coming, a hiatus, if you will, uh, you know, but who knows? Maybe I'll fill it in with uh, d- a different thing. I don't know if it'll be another band or a different um, focus. I mean, the only thing I really like is Weezer. So who knows what's coming, but thank you for your support thus far uh, and sticking it out with me through these these trials and tribulations. I don't know if I sound a little different. Uh, I'm recording in a different room. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what the feedback is there. Uh, one of the things I didn't get to do on the last Alone uh, album episode, uh, was do, uh, listener emails. And today, oh boy, do I have some. So we're going to get to those. Uh, How about right now? Let's just get right into it. I'm not here to waste anybody's time. Uh, usually when there's a guest or something, uh, we start, we start going for it. You know, we start gabbing. We start, I get into what their thing is, but with me, you already know what my thing is. It's Weezer, baby. Um, so how about we read this first email? It's from, this is from Derek Smith. Uh, subject line, you and my daughter. Uh, he goes, hi, Matt. First off, love the podcast. I love your stories of you and your mom listening to Weezer and it shaping your love for them. As, as a fan, I had dropped off at Maladroit other than singles and such, but your podcast has made me go back and listen to each album from front to back. Well, I've got to say, I really enjoyed the White Album in full, and my three-year-old daughter loves it, too. That's album boy. I love that. Uh, the other day in the car, she requested King of the World, and it made my day because I don't remember telling her the name of the song. Oh, that's, uh, Derek, that's really sweet. Uh, so I'm doing my part creating a new generation of Weezer fans. Now when, we, now when we sit down and play Legos, I'll throw on my Blue Album vinyl, and we'll just sit and listen and build. That sounds, that honestly sounds great. I would love to do that. Uh, anyway, uh, just wanted to let you know you're forging new fans with your podcast, my dude. Keep up the good work. Well, with the albums we got left. Uh, thanks for all the entertainment, Derek, father of daily. P.S. In the Pinkerton episode, you alluded to the line, I might have smoked a few in my time to mean Rivers was ripping, ripping cig or bumming fat joints or burning fat joints. Well, I always took it, uh, I always took it as him having smoked some wieners going through a homosexual phase and not sure why her, her homosexuality isn't a phase as well which I feel softens the Chasing Amy vibe of this song. Well, thank you for writing, Derek. Uh, that's an interesting interpretation. Uh, I, I, hadn't ever, I had never considered that. 
I I I feel like sometimes uh, Rivers. Uh, he can be very plain with his language, so I don't know if uh, he's like necessarily uh, as crafty as that. But if that's what if that's what he means, then God bless him. Thank you, Derek, for writing that email. I'm glad to hear that your daughter is also loving Weezer and that you're that she's getting involved with the late period stuff. She's gonna be a, a true stan when she when she gets older. Uh, let's see. Uh, This next this next email is from uh, Dana Simerly Simerly, I'm sorry Dana uh, if I butchered your name. Um, my last name is Apodaca, and guess what? Every day of my life, nobody gets it right. Um, so I'm I'm sorry, you, you know, just relating to you if I messed up your name. Um, so this one, this is a bit of a not a long one. It has a a, a separate thing, uh, a merch idea that I won't that I won't get into only because. Uh, who knows if I'll do it, and who knows uh, if Dana ends up wanting to do this herself. It's her idea. Uh, I, I support I support merch on all fronts. Um, and so, she, but she did write in to say that she had listened to the White Album episode today, and you and Tony were talking about the Tinder thing and asked questions about it. If you care to go deeper into it, and if there's nobody else has already tweeted it, Rivers was on Dan Harris's podcast back in 2017, uh, the show called uh, 10% Happier, and I remember Dan asked some questions about it, and Rivers gives more details. Here's the link. So she gave a link. This is on YouTube. Um, I have I have seen this bef- uh, before, uh, and I, I guess I didn't remember that he did go into this a little bit. Uh, if you haven't seen the clip, uh, get right on into it. And you know what? It looks like she sent me a timestamp for where it starts. So why don't I click through, see what an ad. That looks good, Galbani. This pos- uh, what's this? This ad is for Galbani 1882 fresh mozzarella, citrus caprese with Donatella Arpea. I mean, this looks good. It has nothing to do with the show, but you know what? Uh, if you could bookmark an ad, that looks delicious. I loved that. Um, okay, so here's Rivers discussing uh, discussing Tinder with Dan. What's his name? Dan Harris. Yikes. Let's see. Yeah, Dan Harris. I had a few things I'd love to hear you talk about. How you did research for your new album. What's the new album called, by the way? The White Album. The White Album. Uh, You actually joined Tinder? Yeah. Uh, And your wife was cool with that? Yeah. But it was only for research purposes. Yeah. Oh, that sigh. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it somehow feels a little smaller. That I, I, I go out into into the world to have experiences in order to write songs, but why am I writing songs? Is it? I, I don't know. It's. It just feels like this is my, my path. My path in in life is. Is to to live and have these experiences and then put them into songs. Um, it just feels a l- uh, so I I, I don't want to sell the whole Tinder experience short um, and say it's it's just for this small practical purpose. It's more like this big mission I'm on. I guess what I was getting at is you weren't doing it for hooking up. Oh no, I can't do that. So you were meeting people on Tinder and just hanging out with them. Yeah. 
Well, the one the one uh, relationship that was proved most useful for um, thank God for girls, um, I actually didn't even meet her in real life. It was just text relationship. And so you're talking about the song "Thank God for Girls." Yeah. So how did that text relationship? I'm just like watching this again, and just I I don't know how much of well, this I could leave um, in, but I'm I'm just watching it fascinated because his body language in this video her, um, is just very interesting. I'm not accusing him of anything. I just think the, it's interesting. Um, in the lyrics, and and just the whole the whole idea of and meeting up in real life would cause the illusion to shatter. Um, I I wish that I could get to know her, but meeting up in real life would cause the illusion to shatter. Um, you know, I there's no way I would have written that without having gone through the ex the Tinder experience. And did you actually meet up in real life with some people? And how did you pitch yeah. that as like, hey, I'm I'm in a rock band. I want to hang out and talk or. or um, clearly, yeah. most people don't join Tinder to meet dudes who are looking to, for inspiration for songwriting. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think my description says um, I, I'm just here doing research and looking looking to make new friends and, and have experiences and uh, not looking to hook up, something like that. And some people... I don't know how Tinder works. It's just very funny to me that he would have to yeah, put that even with the rest of it. You know what I mean? Where they, it's sort of like, uh, I'm not looking to hook like up. I'm just looking to do uh, research. And that's, so then we have a match. And then you just chit-chat with him. Yeah. And how did it go when you actually were meeting people IRL? Uh, how did that Dan. go? And what, what was your goal for those uh, experiences? Um, that's, that's really great on tour because I'll be in um, – Indianapolis, and I won't know a soul there, and so I can go on Tinder and um, find somebody right around the hotel, and then you oh. know we can go out and they'll show me around the town, and um, it makes for a much richer experience than sitting in the hotel room and watching a movie. For sure, I should tell our podcast listeners that that oh, noise yeah. is the air conditioning in, in your lovely home. You I can turn that. You want to turn it? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's they're okay. in his house. Uh, they're they're so they're, this is a filmed interview podcast uh and uh if i remember correctly dan harris is a big fan so this was it's a fun interview it's like an hour long if anyone wants to go i mean you can just go on youtube i'm not going to tell you what to do uh but yeah go on youtube and watch that uh it was very that's a very interesting i mean he we have to just take what he says at face value so like if he says he's not hooking up with people you got to believe him i guess until anyone else says i hooked up with T uh, rivers on tinder uh but I mean, I don't know if that's that's a that's a dicey way to start writing songs. That's that's what I'll say about that. Um, so Dana, thank you for sending me that clip, and then uh, uh, yeah, I, no, I uh, I appreciate the the I appreciate your email. Uh, this next email is from Josh Coles, and Josh, I'm sorry for last time I brought this up. How I uh, I forgot your name. I didn't take your name down. Josh made the bingo card. So if you've seen the bingo card about uh, my podcast here, What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer, it has a lot of the things that I say on it a lot, you know, like classically logged on or mentioning my mom at all. So, Josh, thank you for making that. I really appreciate it. His question is, would you, who would you cast in a Weezer biopic, and what era would you like to see covered in that film? Something that spans their whole career or a focus on one album or something? Also, please tell us about the Pup Show. So let me start with the Pup Show. Pup, if for those of you unfamiliar, Canadian punk band. I believe they're from Toronto. They were out here in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago, and 
or I guess at this point, maybe two weeks ago? When when was that show? Hmm. Uh, anyway, well, it was recently. And boy, oh boy, I, lo- I love Pup. Pup is one of my favorite bands uh, right now. They're like, absolutely my favorite, like, uh, you know, con- like new band, certainly. Uh, they just put on such an incredible show. Everybody there is just on the same wavelength. Uh, like, they, it, it was, it, I don't know. I feel like punk shows can get a reputation for being, like, too rowdy or something. But this has such a like, contained, like, uh, rowdiness. Uh, I just really appreciate, uh, like, the other pup fans there. And there was somebody, I will say this, the, there, somebody came up to me at this show and asked me if I was me. Are you Matt Apodaca? And I said, yes, I am. And he said that he listens to the podcast uh, and heard me on Doughboys. And I, I was very touched by that. Thank you for uh, for spotting me and and saying hello. I uh, that, that was really nice. That's never happened to me before. So thank you so much. Um, but back to uh, Josh's question. Who would I cast in a Weezer biopic? Um, I mean, look, at this point, I got to say Finn Wolfhard, only because he was in the, the what do you call it, the Take On Me music video. Oh, boy. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's also too young at this at right now. But he's a, he's a good actor. I think he would do really well. I don't know who's, who's out there and who's wanting it, who's wanting the part. You know, I mean... That Taron Egerton fella, is that his name? That played Elton John? I mean, not just because he wears glasses in the movie. But, I mean, he could probably do it too. He's got a similar shaped face, I think. Maybe more of a jaw. But I think he could be good. Uh, do I? Uh, what kind of movie would I want it to be, though? That's the thing, because, like, the... Uh, that's a good point, because, like, you, I don't want it to track the entire traje- trajectory, you know? I don't want it to... Um, be sort of like, uh, um, as limiting as like this is the beginning and this is the end of their journey. It'd be interesting to see more of slice of life, uh, take on the biopic, like the like how um, what's uh, I talked about it here before. Love and Mercy, uh, Love and Mercy is a great great example of how I would like a uh Weezer movie to be about um that movie is about two specific times, uh, but. I, I, I could see uh, this one being about, maybe about, I mean, ugh, the Rivers at College could be interesting. So at that point, maybe Finn could hop in and do it. Uh, but, like, yeah, the leaving after massive, like, leaving the rock star lifestyle behind after massive success and then enrolling in school is an interesting story. I, I don't know how long of a movie it would be. I mean, it, you could make any, you know, Avengers was three hours long. Any movie could be however as long as it needs to be. But, like, I think there could be stories to tell there, you know, just, like, with what he went through during that time. Like, the, I mean, we'll get into some of it, but, like, the the extensive, like, was it knee surgery that he went through? Leg bone surgery? Um, and just, like, just that tumultuous time that he was going through. Um could be interesting for a movie. I don't know if necessarily you would see him like in Weezer in it though. That's that's an interesting thing to think about. But yeah, maybe those two guys could do it. Um, or you know what? Why not? Why not think outside the box? Let's let's. Who could do it? I mean, heck, I'll do it. Who cares? Thank you, Josh, for that question. Um, let's see here. And then this last one. Is from Andre 
Eldred, Andre Eldred, he says, Hey, Matt, huge fan of the show and the boys. Ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've been I've been yelled at many times for spamming Weezer memes in group chats with my non-Weezer loving friends. I mainly wrote this just to tell you how much I love and adore this podcast. Well, this is nice. How much I love and adore this podcast. I'm also interested in your thoughts about Van Weezer and OK Human. And which one are you more hyped about? Weez on, Andre. Well, Andre, here's the thing about being hyped uh, for new Weezer. It's, you know, you know this as well as any of us listening. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to be excited. I don't know what I, because I, I guess I don't know much more about OK Human. I, I believe that there, uh, I had read that there was like, sh- like stringed orchestration involved with that one. Uh, that could be interesting, like, what if they're going for some sort of kind of, like, bigger, like, orchestral sound on that. Um, and I've heard that Van Weezer is all about, like, ripping guitar and just, like, I mean, as the name would imply, just sort of, like, Van Halen style, just, like, riffs and licks and all that stuff. And you fucking know I'm all about that. So... I, I think I got to say Van Weezer, but I bet you it'd be interesting if both of them are good for different reasons. Like, what if, like, uh, Van Weezer just fucking rips ass? Like, it's just, it's awesome. And, like, the other one, and OK Human is just, like, the most beautiful sounding thing you've ever heard. Who knows? Uh, but thank you for that question, Andre. Uh, and I mean, that's it for, that's it for the emails. Uh, I appreciate everybody writing me emails. That was very nice. Uh, I did ask for it uh, on the last episode, and uh, some of you felt followed through, and I really appreciate it. And you know what? To that point, I also want to point out that, uh, you know, I get tweets, uh, I get Instagram comments and messages about the show, you know, regarding the show, and I don't always get to all of them, uh, or, you know, as far as responding. So I don't. I hope nobody is sad about it. I hope nobody is like, oh, no, Matt didn't get back to me. I see them all, and I enjoy them all, but I just can't. Uh, and, there's, and there's also, it's not thousands of people doing this. It, so it's, not, it's, it's a very manageable amount that I am just, unfortunately, still unable to manage. So thank you so much for writing to me anywhere, on any platform, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, uh, via email. Uh, I, I, please don't stop. I love it. Um, but we're here to discuss... Uh, another another thing entirely, which is Alone Three, the Pinkerton Years, um, and this I mean this album, it's it's interesting. I mean because it's a, you know it's a it's a compilation of demos from this uh, very specific time period, 1994 and 1997, and uh, the only way you could have a physical copy of this album is if you bought the Pinkerton Diaries, which is a book of you know, I mean, what is it? It's like uh, what River says. It's a collection of my journals, emails, letters, photos, and school papers. So you get an inside look as to exactly what I was thinking when I wrote Pinkerton. So it's all it's it's literally all that. So you only have it's this like two hundred some page book, and at the end of the book is a CD. I mean, you could obviously get to the CD at any point. You don't have to read the book to get the CD. Uh, but to, to get the CD, you have to own the book. And there are only 3,000 copies of this book, okay? And each of them are numbered. Mine is 1,206. Uh, and I got this for Christmas uh, the year it came out, 2011. And 
keep in mind, I was a full-ass adult, okay? So I, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, uh, my, my family demands, and this is true. This is not, this is absolutely true. My family demands lists, and I feel so corny and so uh, silly writing lists because I don't, there's not a whole lot that I want in this world. Uh, I'll take cash. Uh, I don't, I don't have a real like need for stuff, you know? Uh, but when this, when I saw that this was coming out a mere two weeks before Christmas, I said, I want this and pretty much that's it. And I remember, if I remember correctly, it came with like a t-shirt, um, some photos, like some loose photos, um, a poster, a Pinkerton poster, which I do have framed, uh, in my apartment, um, and then of, of course the book and the CD. So what a bundle! I mean, what a bundle! Um, and yeah, I mean, guys, I haven't. I don't think I've actually read the book from cover to cover. I've 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 gone through and read certain selections, uh, and it is just like it is just like very um, like not disjointed, but just like very like uh, all over the place in terms of just like what it is. So you get a couple of journals here and there. You get some emails between like record people, like producer people and like just music industry people and like the managers and stuff. Uh, you get like uh, school things, you get letters. Uh, it's very, very, it's an interesting peek behind the curtain as it were. Um, and I mean, I hope to one day read it from cover to cover. Uh, it, it And it has like, uh, lyric notes in it and stuff, and you can sort of see him mapping out um, uh, songs from the Black Hole, which is like a whole section on this album. Uh, and he's like, in there, he's just like confused about things, trying to uh, figure out girls, uh, and like he goes into like the medical struggles that he had, like I said. Uh, and uh, I think it's interesting. There's, but there's not a way to get it. It's gone now. All three thousand copies are spoken for. Uh, I'm sure there are ways to see it online if you want to be a um, a creep, you know. Uh, I, you know, what? I'm not judging anybody. Do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, it, having this book is very interesting because it is just like it's in, it's weird. I would feel weird if there was like uh, a bound. It's a very nice book. It, I would feel weird if there was like a bound um, like record of my like school papers and stuff because i wrote some bad papers but i also wrote some pretty good ones uh but i mean yeah so this the beginning of this book uh what do you call it it starts may 10th 1994 the day the blue album is released so from that point to uh i believe i think like whenever uh just like shortly after pinkerton um comes out and it has it's this is a long one it has 26 tracks on it so, before we get into those tracks, why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're back, and uh, I'm really excited to play some of these tracks uh, from Alone 3, The Pinkerton Years. Uh, so, why don't we get started? The first track on the, on the album is I'm So Lonely. This is a 16-second song. So we're just going to let it bleed right through. Uh, it has a similar melody to uh, Defeat on the Hill, uh, which was, I guess, written the day, uh, the following day, which we'll get into a little later. Uh, oh, the next one, it doesn't bleed in through, I forgot, uh, the way I have it set up. 
So uh, the next track is a demo that we're all, I mean, we're familiar with this song, certainly. But here's a demo version. It's Get You. I mean, it's different, certainly. It's not... It's nowhere near close to the... the what do you call it? The, or, no, the studio version. But I think as far as the demo goes, this is pretty interesting. You can see how we got there. We'll go up to here and then. The audience. Get you. So that's that one. I'm just gonna cut it there because I mean we've we've talked about it several times uh, on the show, uh, and there are there are many songs on here that haven't been discussed. So why don't we get keep moving along? Okay, this next one is called Lisa. So I love this song. Um, it was originally believed to be part of Songs from the Black Hole because uh, it was uh, seen on uh, a track list from a demo CD, uh, and, but Rivers denies this uh, and that he said uh, that it was actually about a, uh, a woman who was uh, Pat uh, Magnarella's secretary, and I, he was like a I think a record producer. Steve Perry and Seal were all in the same boat together. We're slaves who rode, hopelessly in love with our master. I just love that as a chorus, just singing the name. It's very like um, similar to like, I mean, musically he was on he was riding a similar wavelength with like a lot of this stuff like with, uh, uh not that all these songs sound similar but uh th- there's a certain like and this is me talking about music in a way that makes it sound like I do but I absolutely do not there's a lot of these songs just have a similar like format to me um somebody's nodding along at home and going Matt's so right um. 
I'm just going to keep moving right along. Um, much like the Muppets, Footloose and Fancy Free. Uh, the next song is called Negative Land. This was written in 1993, and it's an early prototype of Blast Off from Songs of the Black Hole. He's, uh, uh, Rivers said that he had been listening to the band Negative Land for the first time when he started writing material for their Blue Album. Uh, and Carl said that uh, the lyrics are about the band Negative Land, specifically how they got sued into oblivion by Casey Kasem and U2 for the song U2, which sampled U2 and Kasem's voice. It was a sad song, commiserating with a band he'd never met about their severe problems. I think it sounds kind of fun. And that's it. That's the end of that one. Interesting that, yeah, like, uh, the sort of, um, that, how that song that then became Blast Off. The next song, I've said it before, is one of my favorites. You Gave Your Love to Me Softly. Nothing new really to report here. Just a different, just a demo, just a different take. That's an interesting sound. What is that? Is that a Moog? again uh yeah i don't know there's something about that song that to me is just like i mean it's a quintessential weezer b-side to me it's just it's just great and i wish it was in the rotation a little more um i i mean i simply love it there's no way around it uh the next song track number six for those of you playing along at home is when you're alone the sun that shines what good is the morning this is an acapella composition described in the recording history as a barbershop original it was recorded on in november or december of 1993 the lyrics for this aren't in the Pinkerton Diaries, and it's probably not helpful that I'm talking over it. Uh, but it's only like 50-ish seconds. That's fun. I like when they. I like that they do stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a uh, more of a take of it, uh, but 
That's how I feel. Uh, the next song is my favorite song. It's the theme song to this show, Suzanne. This version of the song has uh, the original lyrics. Instead of even Izzy Slash and Axl Rose, it has even Kurt Cobain and Axl Rose. It was changed uh, when when Kurt passed away, but it's been brought back into the set list as uh, as this version. That's like a distorted tape uh, thing. That's like the digital copy of this is distorted because it was fucked up on the tape. I love that. See, we gotta hear the solo. Suzanne, I mean, that's just one of my favorite songs, maybe my favorite song ever. Um, I love that it has the original lyrics on it. When I saw them do it for the first time at the Memories Tour, it I did go nuts because it's just like a such a cool thing. And uh, I'm not sure who was that voice in the beginning. Might have been Rivers being silly. Uh, but yeah, I just think that song rules. Uh, the next song became uh, no other one, uh, but it. As it is titled here, it is called There Is No Other One. Yeah, that's it's pretty similar. It's not. I mean, it's not exactly the same. Obviously, it's a demo. We've talked about this. Uh, we've talked about this. 
Uh, but I mean, it's we're, we just got a lot of cover, so let's let's keep moving. Uh, the next one is called "Let Me Wash at Your Sink." I think this song is really, really cool. Um, it was not, nothing was really known about it prior to the release of Alone Three. Um, it didn't seem like it was associated with songs from the Black Hole or Pinkerton. Uh, and in the catalog of riffs, it's listed as being oh fuck yeah, that rules. Uh, in the catalog of riffs. It was listed as having been written uh, December 31st, 1994. Hey, get a song out before the new year, before 95 turns around. Uh, and upon being released, fans noted that the lead guitar section in the song bears a strong resemblance to the course of No Other One, although No Other One was written in July of 1994. Uh, Rivers may have been trying something new with a previously written melody or a simply be a coincidence. I think that song's really cool. Um, it's, it just, I don't know. There's, I don't think, it, it, it does sound similar to uh, No Other One in that one point, but as far as like Weezer demos go, that one is like really different to me. Um, I really like that song. Uh, the next one is track 10. You know how I feel about those. Uh, and this one is Waiting On You. Pretty similar so far. I love waiting on you. It it's just cool. Like there's something about it. That's what I say about all these songs. You've heard you've heard me say them. But I feel like it's not one that I think about a lot. Like as far as like Weezer like B sides go or you know uh, demos. But it's it's such a good song to me. I just love that, that that synth back there. That it's such like a college guy, like sad boy, sad mad boy anthem. Just 
Just listen to that pain. Betty's just a friend. That rules. I don't know. Maybe it's certainly, uh, hey, not everybody has to like you, Rivers. Not everybody has to like you back. Let me go ahead and say that. But I like the song. Okay. So that was track 10. We're, I mean, I'm bad at fractions. We're just a little over a third of the way there. Uh, this next song, okay, so this next part of the album is uh, is interesting, okay? So uh, the next few songs, the next, like, six songs are all from Songs from the Black Hole, okay? Uh, and the this section is called Sweet from the Black Hole. Sweet like with Zach and Cody, not sweet uh, like Ballroom Blitz. Um, so this first track here, we've covered a lot of these, but so we're just going to blaze right through them, shall we? Uh, this one is Oh No, This Is Not For Me. one's a little shorty. I think that's his voice pitched down. So that would bleed right into Tired of Sex, which is next right here. Uh, and we've covered this song quite a bit, you know. Uh, but there's a little extra note that I see here from Carl. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read that. Tired of Sex was written almost before Rivers was even famous, like, ni- like fall 1994. I remember him playing me a demo of it, like Xmas. 1994, I'm reading it as is. Christmas 1994 was really slow and like sad, not aggressive. And at the time, he was fairly monogamous uh, with one main girl and perhaps one or two others. On, okay, so that's not monogamous, Carl. Uh, <laughs> he was fairly monogamous with one main girl and perhaps one or two others on occasion. Uh, the impression that I got as that was he, he indeed was searching for love, but he and the chicks really got on well in a physical way. So he kept getting tempted back to the uh, dark side. By the time Pinkerton came out, he went through like 20 more phases, geez, uh, and was getting into the time, uh, time to party down phase, which seems to have peaked around the summer 1997 tour that all these girls' horror stories seem to stem from. Hence the, uh, hence the irony. Uh, singing that song, but not actually tired of it, and seeming, and seeming contradiction to stop and change and uh, seem like a logical step. Uh, yes, if logical, if that's what he really thought while singing that at 1996, 1997 shows, which wasn't the case as far as I know. Kind of dark. Song slaps though. The next song on the on the uh, album is "She Had a Girl." This is about the child that I believe Maria has in "Songs from the Black Hole" with Jonas. 
That little tinkling of the ivories back there. So that's the end of that one. I believe that one was supposed to go into, uh, or the end of that sound right there was, uh, now we've, we've finally landed. Um, but that's not what's coming next. What's coming next is, what is this I find? Ready to go. What is this I find? Under your behind. Extra huge. And it's huge. I wonder which two of us best of friends opened and used it. So I'm not sure where this fits in the narrative of songs from the black hole, but this is the first time a lot of a few of these songs have ever been heard. So that's what is this I find. The next song is called Now I Finally See. This rips. Just make it, Rivers. Who's stopping you? You. You obviously want people to hear the songs. You keep putting them out. Why not just do it? This is very like of the era, like for the as far as the sound. You can just tell. Uh, the next song is "Long Time Sunshine," but it's like a like a little interlude. Kind of fun. Love that as a little as a little end. Uh, the next song, well, that concludes the um, the sweet from the black hole. Okay, and I don't think we took a break. Oh, I think we did before we got. I can't remember. I'm not, uh, oops. <laughs> Just a little peek behind the curtain is what how my brain works. Did we take a break? We must have. And if we didn't, we better take a break. But if we did, welcome back. I don't know. Where are we? Where am I? 
What are we doing? I am in a small room, I will say. There are no windows and no doors. Just kidding, there's a door. How did I get in here? Uh, but I don't I don't know what just happened to my brain. So I hope that was entertaining to you. Uh, I truly now do feel insane. Um, we got we got some more songs coming your way, okay? This next section of the, of the album is the Fulton Avenue Suite. Okay, so I believe these are either recorded there or something. Um, this 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 one coming right here is called I'm So Lonely on a Saturday Night. So you heard that he was singing the police song, Every Breath You Take. And that's likely because he started recording the song before the lyrics were written. Uh, but it's interesting that that's how his brain always works. Take a, take a song, take a melody that you like, and just go for it. That's that. That was him, I guess, pressing stop on the old recorder. Uh, that's kind of a fun detail. Uh, this next one is called, Oh God, I'm Hungry. That's that. Not sure what that's about. I mean, one can guess that the man just needed something to eat. But who knows? Uh, This next one is called I'm on Fire, You're a Liar. Rivers. Rivers. You ask me if 
Well, I mean, I don't think the song is it's bad. That was obviously 1994. People are a little more uh, lenient with the types of things they say. Uh, he wouldn't say that now. So that's I'm on fire, you're a liar. Uh, the next one is called The End of My String. What's this one about? A freaking yo yo? Do you think that joke would have got a standing ovation? Like if I said that. What's this song about? A freaking yo yo? Oh, maybe it's about a kite. could say whoops. <laughs> whoops he knows he fucked it up maybe he didn't know if it was a kite or a string or you know or no a kite a yo-yo uh what other things are tied to strings uh maybe he had a reminder on his finger someone he tied a little string to his finger do people still do that set an alert on your phone what are you doing with all that string uh the next one is called i can't break your heart ne- your i can't break your heart slow oops these are all kind of short. This is a little short section. I think if that song, I would like to hear like a finished version of that one. It sound it started off pretty interesting. I was kind of just lost in it right now, uh, but there's not. I mean, there's just not another version of it. I would love to hear more of that. Um, it sounds like it, it, it. You know, a promising start. Uh, this next one is called, and I can't disagree. <laughs> Money makes me happy. No, I know. More money, more problems. Money can't buy you love, all that stuff. So when I was listening to this earlier, I was like, how long have ATMs been around? That's just something I don't know. They've been around my whole life, obviously. So I was just wondering, like, when he wrote this, between 1994 and 1997. Are ATMs everywhere, too? I don't remember seeing them. Did he predict them? Hmm, Maybe that's why money makes him happy. Uh, This next one is called My Mind's On You.
So this song was completely unknown prior uh, to the release of uh, Alone 3, and it was never in the catalog of riffs uh, on Weezer.com uh, or the four or five star demos of Rivers Cuomo. Uh, so nobody knows where it came from. People assume it's from this uh, sweet session uh, and that it was recorded in April 1994. my mind's on you i do like that song i i mean it's tough with some of these because like I, I i've said before it's you know you can't really like how into a demo could you be like you can be into the promise of a demo you could be into um the sort of like yeah the idea of it or like where it's going but nobody is like ah oh, my one of my favorite songs is a demo no you want to hear that you want to hear it plugged in you want to hear it fully you want to hear that studio version you might like a live version more than a studio version, which even then I'm like, what is your problem? But the, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The studio version superior. If you can give me a studio version of a song, I'm going to like it more. Uh, so that's the Fulton Avenue suite section. And the rest of these, the final three on this album are undefined. So why don't we get right into them? Uh, this one is called Defeat on the Hill. One, two. This described uh, in the recording history as an all trumpet sequel, an all trumpet sequel to Victory on the Hill, and it was written on January 3rd, 1995. Uh, and it seems to expand on I'm So Lonely, which was written a day earlier. You know, I played the trumpet too. I don't know if I've talked about it. I must have. I was not good at it. I had braces. It was hard. I can't read music either. So that, I mean, that happened. Uh, this next one is called The Clarinet Waltz. Uh, and this was recorded by Rivers at, uh, the Lo- at Los Angeles Valley College in 1994. Uh, it was originally released online, and then it appeared on Alone 3, where we're hearing it now. Uh, and the book of uh, credits, an unknown LAVC pianist accompanying Cuomo. He didn't get the person's name. So I take it then that's Rivers playing clarinet? What can't this guy do? Trumpet? clarinet, freaking rips on guitar, sings good. (laughs) 
He doesn't have to do this, though. Maybe he realized he was like... Like, if, if Rivers busted out a clarinet at a concert, who would go nuts? I mean, I guess it'd be, like, an interesting feat, certainly. But I don't, I don't know if this is something we need to see. But, you know, it's good to, it's good to have another skill or a hobby. Who am I to judge? So that was clarinet waltz, and we've reached we've reached the end, folks. We've reached the end. We got one more track here, and it is absolutely not a song. This is not a song. It is a recording. It's a spoken word recording from April fifth, nineteen ninety five, the day after Rivers' leg surgery, which is heavily detailed in the Pinkerton Diaries, uh, and it helps influence some of the content from Pinkerton. Why don't I just play it? I'm gonna play it in full, and I'm gonna let it speak for itself. This is a glorious moment. It's 5.30 on the 15th day after my operation. Um, I'm eating saltines, drinking juice. I actually peed for the first time on my own. It was a glorious moment. It was truly glorious. Now I'm going to try to set up some music to listen to. Goodbye. Well, there you have it, folks. He peed on his own, and he loved it. Uh, I can imagine that post-surgery, that must be a great feeling. I can't relate, but I've peed before, and I often do it on my own. Feels good. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, and that's the end of it. That's the end of... Alone 3, and I had read uh, a long time ago that there were plans for a, a second trilogy of these, 4, 5, and 6, uh, two of them being more demos, and three, uh, and then one of them being a covers album of covers he's co- uh, recorded over the years. Uh, we do have a covers album that is not an Alone uh, venture, so who knows if these other albums will ever come to be, but this is... This is the end of the alone recordings, and is is this does this mean that as as of right now is this the last time you'll hear me on my own? Who could say? Who knows? I don't know. I'm I've been very lucky to have great guests thus far, and I have some more great guests coming up. But who knows if you'll ever hear my voice solo like this again? For at least for now. So. I want to thank you for staying with me for uh, for listening to the show. We got a couple more episodes coming up, and then there will be a break, uh, and then then we'll see what happens. You know, who knows? Uh, but if you want, if you can follow, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Apodaca. Uh, that's M A T T A P O D A C A. If you haven't started following already, uh, you can follow the show at WWTHTA Weezer Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can email me at WWTHTA Weezer Pod at gmail.com and maybe we'll read it on the show. Uh, and thanks, uh, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.